All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, like a lot of you, I was watching today as the city of Minneapolis did what it had been saying it was going to do for a couple of weeks. It had been delayed, uh, but they cleared out uh, Camp Nenukasi, uh, which is uh, one of, you know, we've seen this play out over the last couple of years, different encampments where unhoused people, homeless people are uh, living and Tonight, it's been cleared, and we wanted to have a conversation because it it seems that people are on two extremes on this. On the one side, you have people who say, we just got to clear it out, which I empathize with. If you lived in the neighborhood and you have that going on, uh, all these people living in tents, uh, sometimes open drug use or other uh, challenges that you have, uh, I would also want that cleared out. On the other, you have people who are saying, we don't have housing, so why can't people just stay where they are? Uh, Nobody's going to change any of those folks' minds. And there have to be solutions, because people are just going to be scattered and then form somewhere else. And if we keep moving people all around, what are we doing? As a society, we're failing, is what we're doing. And so one of the people who's been active working on this in the Twin Cities is Latasha Jennings. She's the project manager for LEAD here in Minneapolis. LEAD uh, stands for Let Everyone Advance with Dignity. And Latasha, I'm so glad you came in tonight. You were there today. I was. Um, It's obviously tough. You, as a human, all of us, you have empathy and feel for the people who are in this situation. What what happens to the people who are cleared out uh, Tonight, where do they go tonight? Um, Tonight, um, I think most people are, as a group, um, will find a new place to relocate. Um, So essentially what I've seen as as encampments are cleared um, in the city, they just pop up in a new location or on a new city lot, um, and sometimes just a few blocks away from where they were originally. Um, So, And I believe that that's already happening. Um, Yeah, they've essentially moved like three blocks south, right? That's correct. And so what ha- what did we do today? Nothing. So what do we do? Because I have I, I certainly you think if you're running a, a, a business in the area or you live in the area, uh, frankly, I have concern for the safety of the people who are in the encampment, even though they're choosing that environment. But then you're concerned about just everyone's safety. This is not a long term solution. It's not even a short term solution, really, is it? Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yes. So, so what, what do we need? What do we need? Obviously, and we'll talk more about the longer term solutions, but what, what, what don't we have that would make this better? Yeah. So I think one of the important things to know about Camp Ninakasi in particular is that this is a community. This is a community of people who look out for and care for one another. Um, and they want to stay together. They want to maintain that community and what we don't have is a space where 
100 plus individuals that are still remaining in the camp for them to move to together. This is largely a Native American it is. people. And there has been an argument, which I think is fascinating. I, I don't agree with it, but I think it's a fascinating argument. And I, I'm open to being convinced. But they, they have tried to make it an, ar- an argument that as Native Americans, essentially they're on stolen land. And so they should be allowed to stay. The courts have said no, but that I, I just say that so people know that is in the discussion, sort of the uniqueness of this group. But other parts of this are not necessarily unique to the to this particular group. Almost every encampment forms a sense of community. They want to stay together. Um, but society's not set up for that, right? Like no city in this country is really set up to take to be like, okay, here's a hundred people who don't have somewhere to stay. You can now live here. It, are there discussions about either saying too bad, like we're not doing that, or like, well, maybe we can be creative about, you know, trying to create spaces where it would be doable? Um, as um, a service provider, um, I and some other um, uh organizations in the homelessness and shelter space did have conversations with the city of Minneapolis, the city council uh, members, as well as representatives from the office of the mayor about a creative solution. And this was back in December um, a few weeks ago. And so I'm hopeful that, that there is still an opportunity to continue that conversation and those discussions to come up with a solution that meets the needs, the unique needs of this camp in particular. And that might be um, something that we can replicate as mm. a response to other encampments oh, across the city of Minneapolis as well. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Latasha Jennings is a project manager with LEAD. We're talking about the clearing of an encampment, which really was essentially a relocation of an encampment to a new spot in Minneapolis. There was a fatal overdose there. There was a fatal shooting there. Uh, The paper reports there were more than 100 emergency calls for drug use, sex acts, theft, vandalism. Uh, I think everyone gets, like, this, we can't have this. A, A city... A, a country right now, like we, we have to do better. And so saying we got to get, we got to clear it out. Like I get it. Like, cause we can't have this, but we also, I think deserve better than saying like, well, like the mayor today said on this radio station that it's, this is the, a County issue. You're like, well, not really. It's all of our issue, but it's certainly a city issue. Like what, uh, I'm interested, like, in Denver, they, the city there said, like, well, this problem's not going away, so we're going to, we know it's expensive, but we're buying a hotel. Would something like that, do you think, would people be open to that? Um, that's an interesting question, because we did, um, in this meeting last month with some city um, and county, as well as camp um, uh, residents and organizers, talked about and considered, is a hotel the right solution for this camp? Um, And this goes back to recognizing that this is a predominantly Native camp. Um, 
And, you know, there was conversation around, is that the right cultural fit? Um, For hotel rooms, you're putting people into rooms that are sort of isolating. They're by themselves versus a more communal space. So for this, for these folks in particular, um, there is a feeling and some consensus that perhaps a warehouse type of setting, like what Avivo Villages has done, mm-hmm. um, might be a more appropriate hmm. um, fit for these individuals. Yeah. So it's really about talking to and understanding what are the unique needs of the individuals in this particular camp and other particular camps across the city, and then what are those unique solutions to each of those. When, when people, and I know when some of our listeners hear that, hear what you're saying, I, I think you can be faced with sort of a bootstrap style response. You got nowhere to live. You have no money. Many people have mental illness or drug use. And you're telling us what kind of housing you want? Like, what is the obligation of the society? How do, how do you answer that feedback? I see the most success when you give people choice and options and to choose for themselves. It creates more buy-in on their part and we see, you know, them be more successful mm-hmm. in the housing. Because then, they, then they're open to the services that are out there. Right. That, and it's sort of like I compare it, too, to when you, I as an individual might go apartment shopping, right? You yeah. find the right fit for huh. you. Yeah. And then you make your selection based on what meets your needs, what yeah. you need um, in that space. And so I think that, um, like, yes, it's, there's sort of, sort of that beggars can't be choosers sort right. of. Yeah, I get that mentality, but also, like, if it's not going to succeed, then what have we done? Right. So, you know, talking with people, giving them options, um, or even just asking and finding that compromise, even if there isn't a perfect solution. Latasha Jennings is a project manager for LEAD. She works with a number of different service providers, different agencies, the city you work with all. You, you, You see all the different angles on this, right? Which is why... You, you must feel a little like I do, where it's like, I'm sort of a mess about this. Like, I don't want encampments in our city, but I do think it is our, it is, uh, and I don't know if it's the state or the county or the city, but I do think, like, we got to give people a place to stay. And maybe it's not going to be as perfect as they want, but we got to, we, we can't have people on the street like this. It's, and is it going to be expensive? Yes. But you know what's more expensive? The absolute failure of having people on the street like this. We just can't have it. And who wants to move here and live here and set up businesses when you see that? You don't. And so which is more, which way do you want to pay? Do you want to pay in the negative cost of, of this sort of stuff and then the trauma of, like, we're rolling up and moving you out? Like, that's there's a cost to that, too, I think. And you see that, right? Yes. And there's, you know, there's costs that associated with each encampment eviction in the city. Um, and, you know, there have been requests for what is the cost um, for removing a camp? And is there the option to reallocate those costs towards a long-term hmm. solution um, that ultimately, like, gets at the root cause of what the issue is um, versus relying solely on an eviction to try to solve the problem? Give us a couple long-term things for people to think about that you think would, would maybe lead us to a, a more sustainable there's always going to be some homelessness. But what what would make a difference? One of the biggest things is that this isn't, it's not just a city problem. It's not just a county problem. This is city, county, state, on some parts federal. 
Um, we talked this. We talked about how this is a predominantly native camp. You know, some of the outcomes and what we're seeing is a result of broken treaties um, with native tribes in this mm-hmm. nation as well. So there is a cross jurisdictional responsibility here to solving this problem. Um, and what I see too um, at other encampments across the city is usually there's a pointing of fingers. Oh, that's not our land. It's not city land, that's state land. It's not state land, that's met council land or metropolitan council land, right? So instead of trying to pass the buck on to someone else or another agency, everyone coming together and realizing Hmm. if we're all working together to solve this solution, even if a camp is on city land, that means it's not going to move to a private property owner's Hmm. land next, or it's not going to move to state land next. Um, We really need that accountability and responsibility across all levels of government to support a long-term solution. Yeah. Ultimately, more affordable housing, more mental... I mean, ultimately, you have people who, uh, in many cases, are addicted to drugs or mentally ill in some way. Not everyone, but it is widespread, yes? I would say yes. And that's who... That's what, what Lead Minneapolis, my program, we specifically work with folks who have substance use conditions or mental health conditions, um, it, but it's really hard for folks to get connected to the healthcare services that they need when they're not housed um, or have some sort of shelter. Um, we have folks who they're they're planning hour to hour of where am I going to go next? Where is the next meal? Um, where is the place where I can go to stay warm? Um, so it's really hard to think about or even consider um, going to treatment if you're not sure where your next meal is going to come from. And I've seen that firsthand. Um, I was on uh, Hiawatha and Lake on East Lake Street at the light rail station one day. We were doing, we were participating um, in a community cleanup of that intersection. And there was a gentleman on the intersection signing because he needed m- money to buy food. He hadn't eaten since the morning before. So 24 hours he hadn't eaten. Um, he came up to me and he said, hey, can you help me out? And I said, yeah, actually, I can. My program can. So yeah. that was a great thing um, to be able to say an offer. And we left, bought him a meal, brought it back. Next week, he went to treatment. Wow. Wow. He had a home. He did. He was, this gentleman yeah. was housed. But because he was so hungry, he couldn't take, he, it was so hard. It was difficult for him. Wow. That was a barrier for him to Maybe. follow up on going to treatment. <laughs> all we did was buy him a meal. And that was all he needed. That was the opening. Well, I appreciate the work you're doing. I know it's tough. Um, So thank you so much for sharing your insight, Latasha Jennings from LEAD, project manager here in the Twin Cities. It is 5.52, back in a minute on CCO. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 